Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky as a epic, I think that's the word I'm going to use, an epic recruiting weekend is apparently still ongoing. I was going to wait for every ball to drop, but I decided, you know what, let's talk about what has happened because a metric ton has happened since the last time we spoke, and it's all centered around recruiting. Uh, they're calling it Grand Theft Portal now is the thing, uh, the, the latest meme that they put out there of Kiffin and a Photoshop of him uh, on a Grand Theft Auto cover because uh, the social media team apparently there is undefeated when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, uh, an epic weekend where Ole Miss has seen... Uh, recruiting, mostly portal recruiting, and momentum in ways that uh, hasn't existed since I've been in Mississippi. Now, it hasn't been as long as a lot of you guys have. I moved here in the fall of 2010, but since I've uh, been in this state, there, there's been nothing quite like this. Yes, and I include signing day 2013 in that list. This is, uh, this is different, and when you talk about players returning, Portal players and now high school recruiting getting thrown in there as well. Um, It is going as well as you could possibly hope that it would go with apparently still more to come. So we're going to talk about it right here on this edition of the Rebel Report. Again, there's going to be more. Uh, We will again just fire this up when that happens as well. But for now, we're going to talk about what has happened uh, so far. Again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me Twitter, Facebook, YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening to this on the website, search Rebel Report at your favorite podcast app. Subscribe and leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. So I want to start with this, actually, because I have seen the question, and I've wondered it myself, and I, and I talked to you guys about it a little bit before, I think, but uh, how are they able to do this? How are they pulling this off? You have uh, Ole Miss fans asking that, like in excitement. And then you have fans of other fan bases that are uh, largely making up things about the collective and how they operate to make themselves feel better is frankly what's going on there. Uh, as the kids call it, it's copium is what that is. Uh, but how is this happening? How is Ole Miss able to retain the players that they've been able to retain? How have they been able to, as the portal opens, get the number one linebacker in the portal and then the number one pass rusher in the portal? More on that in a second. And and all these things, how are they able to do all of this? And it's a product of a bunch of things at once, mostly buy-in. It's a product of buy-in. And I mean that literally and figuratively because uh, buy-in, like from a financial perspective, uh, is a massive component of this, but also the emotional kind of buy-in from fans. As I've talked with you guys about before, Ole Miss fans are almost exclusively united in, this is the era now, pay the players, who cares, take my money. And that cannot be said about every single fan base. And I'm not just talking about here internally. I'm talking about everywhere. There is a reluctance 
that you get around the discourse of college football and player payments. And I mean, every Ole Miss fan I've interacted with is 100% on board with pay them. Who cares? I want to win championships. That That's what I want. So if it takes money, by all means, pay what you have to pay to get there. So the fans are bought in. Thousands of you uh, get auto-drafted out of your account every month uh, to the Grove Collective. Uh, that may not be how college football should be. Uh, crowdsourcing payments to players is is not the best thing. I think the schools that are negotiating these mega contracts and these conferences should pay them. But whatever. That's not the structure as of today. So fan buy-in is absolutely necessary. And Ole Miss fans are completely and totally bought in as a whole, the the attitude uh, about this, the approach is all united when it comes to NIL and what it takes. Uh, the university administration uh, has needed to be bought in. Um, let's just say that uh, the university, at least leadership at the university, completely and totally gets how important football is to enrollment and donations to the university. And, uh, again, he is completely and totally bought in to do what it takes to win in football because that rising tide will lift every single boat on campus. And winning football at a place like Ole Miss is the best possible marketing thing that you can do. There's no campaign. There's no commercials. There's nothing that a school like Ole Miss can do that will generate more interest and revenue and students and everything that football can that's just the reality of it. Uh, you're, you're not Harvard, although eh, that's probably not the best example uh, anymore. Um, you're not Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt sells itself academically. They don't need good football to be uh, a school that is attractive in that way. And don't get me wrong, Ole Miss has a lot of quality academic programs and all that. Trust me, I have a degree from there. I want it to do well academically. But football being what it is will do wonders for the university. Look at what Alabama has become uh, size-wise, academic-wise, student body, all that because of Nick Saban. Uh, The chancellor at Ole Miss understands that, and he's supporting Ole Miss in any way that he possibly can. So you've got fan buy-in, you've got administrative buy-in, you've got major booster buy-in, and that's different from fans. Uh, You know, not all of you have a lot of money to give whenever you can, right? I mean, it's, it's... the overwhelming majority of Ole Miss fans don't have millions of dollars that they can give. It's more like hundreds or tens at times, and that's awesome. I mean, you know, we we all we all come from the same place. If uh, you're like me, when it comes to the uh, availability of extra funds, which is next to nothing. But anyway, um, major boosters are completely and totally bought into this process as well. Uh, It hasn't really taken a whole lot of convincing to get them on board. Uh, Part of the reason why the collective is so organized and also well-funded is because there were people um, at the ground floor of the NIL era that decided enough is enough. I'm sick of Ole Miss losing. Here's a chance for that to change. They organized a collective one that is efficient and incredibly well-run, and most importantly, incredibly well-funded. The crowdsourcing thing absolutely helps, but it, they wouldn't be able to, to do what they're doing right now without a handful of major boosters 
that initially funded this thing by the tune of millions of dollars. And as a result of that, they were able to, again, organize, structure, and build momentum to, to where it is now. So you've got fan support, you've got major booster buy-in, you've got administrative buy-in. I talk all the time about how organized and well-structured and well-run the collective is because it's true. And then finally, Lane Kiffin. Uh, Lane Kiffin is as bought in, quote-unquote, to Ole Miss as he ever has been. And, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. He's he's different now when it comes to how he's approaching his job and how he's approaching Ole Miss than 2020, 2021, 2022 even. Um it's different. It is very, very different. Whether it's because um, he's he's had a change of heart. Well, I don't know what it is. I just know that I see what all of you guys see. And he is approaching his job at Ole Miss differently than he has before. And as a result, you are getting these results. That was a very poor way to phrase it, but you get my point. So how is this happening How are they able to do all this? Because of all of those reasons, all of those things happening in the same time. College football today is different than it was 30 years ago, 20, 10, 5 years ago, 4 years ago. You you don't need uh, a history of championships. You you don't need uh, Heisman Trophy winners from 1984. You you don't need any of that crap. All you need is fan buy-in and efficiency. That's what you need. Look at Missouri right now. Does Missouri have any football history? No, but they just won 10 games. They're going to an access bowl, and they're recruiting like crazy. Why are they able to do that? Because they have fan buy-in. They have big booster buy-in. And also, Eli Drinkwitz is a good coach. You've got to be well-coached as well, but that's how Missouri's able to do this. Look at Louisville right now with what they're doing. There's no football history at Louisville, but they're getting players. How are they able to do that? Because they're bought in to this version of college football. People are so obsessed with how things used to be and talking about Blue Bloods and things like that. Blue Bloods don't matter anymore. It it means nothing. How efficient are you? How well-funded are you? That's it. The, the, The tradition component of college football is kind of dead. You can't stockpile five stars anymore. Georgia... Georgia cannot keep backups on their roster anymore. You've got to embrace the era. You've got to recruit high school players because that's important. But you've got to be engaged in the portal. And you have to embrace this era. And not everybody can say that. Not everybody is doing that. But Missouri, Louisville, Ole Miss, these programs are doing that. And because of that, they are able to acquire talent in ways that they haven't Uh, necessarily before. This new era, people are not adapting to it not well enough. They they are still talking themselves into circles about Florida, for example. Yeah, Florida won a national championship under Urban Meyer. That's great. How long ago was that? What has changed since then? Florida can't can't keep their own players on their roster. At the moment, they don't appear to be particularly well-coached either. But from an NIL collective perspective, they look like they're kind of a mess. And so none of their Heisman Trophy winners, none of their national championships from a bygone era matter today. It's what can you produce and generate right now. Everything else doesn't matter. 
Ole Miss is a better football program than Florida today. It's a better job right now than Florida is. They have a better team. They're better coached. Better administrative support. Better collective. They're able to keep players on their roster better than Florida. Tell me, and I know you guys agree with this, but I would love to ask somebody, without making reference to something that happened before the NIL era, Tell me why Florida is a better program than Ole Miss today. Tell me why Florida is a better program than Missouri today. Don't And without making reference to something before the NIL portal era, tell me why. You can't, because it's not anymore. And it's really dynamic, right? It's not static. The, the tiers in college football used to always kind of be what they were, right? You had blue blood programs, you had the next tier and the next tier and the, the bottom dwellers, right? And upward mobility really wasn't a thing and downward mobility didn't really happen uh, all that much. Clemson being a rare example of a team that moved itself up into the elite tier before the NIL and playoff era when it was really hard to do. Now, w- with an influx of cash and a, a lightning rod head coach, boom, you're up a tier. And as long as you have those two things, nothing else matters, you can win. So, the, the the idea that you need a super nice stadium, it just doesn't matter anymore. As long as your facilities are, are adequate, then, then you're all good. You, you don't need super-duper special facilities anymore. I mean, Clemson built a putt-putt course at their facility. Do you think any of that crap matters anymore? No, it doesn't. And uh, people have yet to catch up with that. And so then when Ole Miss gets the number one edge rusher in the portal from Florida, people are wondering, how are they able to do this? Because they're totally bought in. It's really that simple. When people like Wes Rucker go on Twitter to talk about how Tyler Barron uh, leaving Tennessee for Ole Miss doesn't make any sense. Well, look at what Ole Miss is right now. But people like him can't see that because they're so caught up in history or whatever or stadium size and thinks that is relevant in in any way and so people aren't caught up to it uh, and maybe they never will but for right now uh recruiting is uh, going really really well uh, for Ole Miss the program is on a trajectory that uh, is hard to fathom uh, as of this moment if you know this offseason continues especially if they beat Penn State in the bowl game they will have hype going into this season like they've never had including that 2009 team entering the 12-team playoff era. So this is a, a really big test upcoming, I think, for Kiffin and, and staff in this program because they've never been in this position before. How how do they handle the, the hype and the pressure that's going to come with the hype? A lot of veteran guys, we'll, we'll see if they uh, they can handle it. I suspect that they will, but that is uh, something to think about uh, this offseason is they're, they're going to get hyped. How do they handle it? We uh, We will have to see. The podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and you're in Mississippi. Anywhere in Mississippi, Advantage Business Systems has you covered, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard like there's one in my backyard. They make me a priority with their online banking platform, 
It's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to do everything you want to do with your money. All you need is an internet connection. They also make you their priority with a local loan servicing and decision-making option. So you don't have to get on the phone and talk to somebody out of state to do uh, whatever you need to do to secure a loan and get that loan service because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, let's run through uh, the weekend that was for Ole Miss. Now, again, as I'm recording this, there's a lot of uh, expectation that Walter Nolan is going to commit to Ole Miss. A a lot of people are calling it done. I don't know myself if it's done or not done yet. I don't know. I, I, I wish I could tell you that, yeah, my sources say that it's over. Most people think that it is. As of right now, it is not uh, official. When that goes uh, official, if it does, we will talk about it. For right now, it is not also the same thing with Juice Wells, the South Carolina transfer. Again, sounds like everybody expects that to also be uh, a commitment to Ole Miss. That has not happened as of this recording, but the expectation that is that that does happen. So in the meantime... Let's talk about the guys that are officially in the boat. Princely Umanmielin, uh, the Florida transfer, announced on Friday that he uh, was committed to Ole Miss. Uh, I, I assume by now that he's enrolled as well. They usually, with portal guys, kind of take care of that quickly. Uh, but Princely is the exact kind of player that last year's defense was missing. We've talked about it before. I don't need to rehash it uh, totally, but they did not have a feared edge rusher like him. They had good, solid, stable guys, but he is a possible first-round pick. It's almost surprising that he didn't come out this year. I don't think he would have been a first-round pick this year, but he has first-round pick potential, and it's a theme with Ole Miss. We'll get to that in a second, but he has first-round pick potential. You've seen him do it at the highest level in college football. You know absolutely what he's capable of. A gigantic pull for Pete Golding, and that defense to get him, because that, again, is the exact type of player that that defense was missing one year ago. So they get Princely. I think I'm saying his name right. I, I, I will hear him say it at some point, and, and that'll be it. But I believe it's Uman Mielin, and uh, hopefully I'm getting that right. Either way, Princely from Florida uh, hit the portal and is headed to Oxford. The next one, the Tennessee transfer to Marion McDonald, uh, the safety uh, multiple safety, so he's not just a safety. I think he can do uh, everything in the secondary, but uh, that is a very on-brand commitment for Pete Golding and Ole Miss, and, and we'll get uh, as well to, to Tyler Barron. It's the same thing. It applies to every player that they've gotten on defense so far fits this mold, all the way back to Chris Paul Jr., who's going to probably start at linebacker for them this year. You know that Chris Paul Jr. can produce at this level because you've seen him do it in the SEC already at Arkansas. You've seen Princely do it already at Florida. You've seen McDonald do it already at Tennessee. You have film on all of these guys, especially him, and they Ole Miss needed help in the secondary, and they've gotten a lot so far. They got an Illinois transfer. They got an Indiana transfer who had 85 tackles or or something this year. They found something in their portal strategy. Notice that these guys are not 2022 five stars who played 10 snaps last year for whatever school. No, these are guys that they are able to get in the portal, which makes it even more impressive that have played a ton of football at this level. And McDonald has played a ton of football already. You have a ton of film on him. You know exactly what he's capable of. The next player that they got was his buddy from Tennessee, Tyler Barron, the, the defensive end. 
a very similar uh, reaction to Princely. I think Princely has shown, at least to this point, um, a little bit higher upside, but that does, that's not to take away from Barron. Barron is also a highly productive uh, rush end from the SEC. So you have Barron. Uh, now you have a three-headed pass rush monster a- as well with uh, Ivy returning and Princely and Barron. These are guys that are, are productive, quality, veteran SEC players, and there is their strategy. And, and it worked last year, and now they've gotten similar guys when it comes to experience and stuff with higher-level talent. So it's very on-brand. The, the strategy is very obvious, experienced veteran guys that you know can produce at this level that you can plug and play right away. So getting those back-to-back-to-back essentially this weekend was uh, rather remarkable. And these are the kind of players that that defense was missing last year. They had a lot of good. They had very little great. Princely can be great if they get Walter Nolan in the boat, which I, again, it sounds like that's going to happen soon. That That is great. And then you pair that with another year of Ivy and Pegues, and then you look at the recruiting class, and you got a lot of quality snaps out of guys like Harris and, and Stone. And, and you look at this front defensive front for Ole Miss, and now you've got high-level talent players, like first-round pick quality players, paired with very uh, experienced and productive role players. And, buddy, that's how you win games uh, in the SEC, and that's how you win high-level games in college football. You have defensive lines that look like what Ole Miss is about to put on the field in 2024. They also got uh, high school recruits as well. After the Mississippi-Alabama game, uh, Anthony Maddox, the quarterback from Oak Grove, uh, has been committed to Texas A&M for a long time. He's a four-star. He flipped. Well, I guess he decommitted and then later committed, so it wasn't a true flip. But it was a flip for sure. Um, Anthony Maddox flipped from Texas A&M to Ole Miss after the Miss Al game, so there's a four-star quarterback in the boat. Um, when it comes to high school recruiting, I am now taking a very we-will-see uh, approach with stuff like this because it's the player movement era, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, people talking just about high school classes uh, and like chest thumping about their high school recruiting class, I think are making mistakes because if that's the only thing you're good at, well, you're you're going to lose because half of them don't pan out anyway. And now in the player movement era, you might not even get to see what they become because they're already off somewhere else. So I'm not saying it's not a good pickup. You need to continue to recruit and sign players like this out of high school for sure, 100%. I just don't think it's as important as the previous things that I mentioned. Doesn't mean it's not important. It's a good pickup. Flipping in from A&M, got a really, really high upside. Uh, a lot of guys that are going to Ole Miss with him that played in that missile game apparently really really like him. So it's exclusively a good thing. I'm just not going to be as like, wow, what a great pickup with high school guys moving forward, uh, if we're being honest. And finally, uh, Kavion Broussard, the offensive lineman that's been committed to Miami for a long time, flipped to Ole Miss so they get an offensive lineman as well uh, to, to cap off a weekend that's not even really done yet. So uh, that is kind of your rundown. We will do a live stream tonight. Uh, If you're listening to this on Sunday, if you're not listening to this on Sunday, the live stream recap will also be posted on this feed. So you'll get that as well. Hopefully, for the sake of content, we get uh, some more 
commitments to talk about between now and then, which is entirely possible. But there's your quick rundown. Again, we will do uh, a, a live stream tonight, probably, possibly talking about more commitments for Ole Miss. So thank you so much uh, for being a part and listening, and we'll be back again uh, here very soon to talk more. It has been an epic weekend for Ole Miss, and it's not over yet. We'll see you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.